0: Patrick Marlowe earns a distinct honor in San Jose Sharks history. Adidas is not re-upping with the NHL for jerseys. And some rule changes we'd like to see. All that and more coming up on the Friday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. and happy friday everybody welcome to the friday edition of the locked on nhl podcast Gil martin here along with rachel donner and uh happy friday rachel
1: happy friday i'm excited to get into these rule change options i think they should be fun
0: yeah that definitely should be fun i always enjoy that and and hopefully some of these will actually happen when we do get to them uh you can follow me on Twitter at vsnyi. You could follow Rachel at R.Miriam. And I want to thank everybody for making Locked on NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and that does include YouTube now. So, Rachel, let's get started with Patrick Marlowe. He becomes the very first player in San Jose Sharks history to get his number retired. Uh, That will happen this coming season. Uh, The ceremony will be February 25th of 2023. They'll put Marlowe's number 12 up in the rafters. And I have to say it is a a most uh, deserved honor for Patrick Marlowe.
1: Yeah, it's been really fun seeing some of these. uh, I call them newer teams. They're not the newest teams, but some of these teams like Nashville and now San Jose starting to retire Numbers uh, making me feel a little old. But I think with the Sharks, obviously, they've had a lot of legendary players on their team play to a very advanced age. So I think, uh, you know, the fact that it took this long to get Patrick Marlowe's number up in the rafters speaks to his longevity in the league.
0: Yeah. I mean, you talk about longevity, he played 1,779. Uh, NHL games. That is the NHL's all-time record uh, and all-time Sharks goal scorer with 522 and a very uh perfectly round 1,111 points in a Sharks uniform. And, you know, it just really, you know, here is a Sharks team that is in transition. You know, they're starting a pretty serious rebuild with the new GM and to sort of, as you're doing that, honor your past and honor a great player like Patrick Marlowe, who meant so much for the team. It just seems very appropriate
1: It does. And I think you know when you think about the San Jose Sharks, he's obviously one of the first couple of names that comes to mind. And I think this franchise it's been really interesting the last several years with, you know, since they've, kind of dropped out of playoff contention, but they've had a really strong run as a newer franchise. And I think have, you know, helped expand creativity in the league overall i love their shark head intro i think their arena experience is one of the most fun in the nhl and i've been to most of them so i feel like i'm a good authority on that topic but i i do think that marlo is a huge part of it he is a huge personality leader on the team in addition to being so prolific as a scorer Uh, like you said, and leading the franchise as well. So I'm really excited for him to get this honor.
0: Yeah, me too. I mean, he first played for the Sharks back in 1997. So we're going back a ways. And, you know, some of those Sharks teams, I tell you, uh, the Sharks of that era, they kind of remind me of the Emil Francis-era Rangers from the early to mid-70s, where, you know, for about a five-year period, they were favorites or one of the favorites to win the cup every year. And they never quite did put it together to win one. But when you look back on it and you're making a list of sort of great teams who never won the Stanley cup, the sharks have got to be sort of, you know, the Patrick Marlowe, Joe Thornton sharks have got to be exactly that equation. And uh it's a shame because they really did have some great teams. And I, I mean, I remember, you know, years where, oh yeah, the, the Sharks have the best third line in hockey, the best fourth line in hockey. And, you know, they just couldn't quite put it together in the playoffs, but boy, those were some great teams and Patrick Marlowe front and center on those.
1: hundred percent. I'm excited to see this ceremony.
0: Yeah, me too. Well-deserved honor right there. And uh, congratulations to Patrick Marlowe. Some news around the league, Adidas, apparently not going to continue supplying the NHL with jerseys after the 2023-2024 season. Uh, This is a partnership that started back in 2017, and apparently it's the company that is not interested in renewing the contract with the league. Your thoughts about this move and what it may mean for the NHL? It's been interesting
1: because when Adidas took over for Reebok that had the deal previously, I think a lot of people were excited for maybe some change in style and some more creativity. And I think we've seen some of that, but maybe not as much as people might have been expecting. I think, you know, the big flagship thing that they were able to do is this reverse retro idea Which was, I think, successful for some teams, but not so much for others. Uh, I think it was definitely a mixed bag there in terms of the results. I think that some of the outdoor games jerseys were amazing and some were abysmal. (laughs) And I think that, you know, it's a... It's a really interesting thing that they're choosing to to step away as opposed to the NHL saying no or, or whatnot. And I just wonder if they thought they would get some sort of bigger foothold in hockey that never materialized. And so they decided it isn't worth it. Uh, I, I think that it'll be interesting to see who gets the contract next. We don't know that yet. Could be Nike. Uh, I think Under Armour is a possibility as yeah. well. So I'm very uh, interested to see how that plays out and for what happens in this one uh, re- or the couple of remaining seasons, if we if they just kind of flame out or if we're still going to get some creative options.
0: Yeah, that, that that is an interesting thing. And they also announced, for example, that uh, Adidas will not be extending their endorsement deals with Connor McDavid and some of the other star NHL players. So this is... You know, I, I guess they're sort of breaking away from the hockey, the hockey culture, and and the hockey community. And you know, I just hope it, it doesn't look bad for the league that this is what Adidas chose to do.
1: Yeah, I think that's a, a really good point. I, I think that for whatever partner that's coming in next, I think they'll be in a good negotiating position. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, I, I do think that. uh they had a good run, I guess. I think in terms of the standard jerseys, I would say that the quality of them has been very good. Uh, as a fan, if you're purchasing an authentic, I think the authentics uh, were quite good and maybe yeah. slightly better than than the Reebok ones before them uh, in terms of, of the merchandise itself. So, so that's good. And um, I, I just am very interested to see where jersey design goes next
0: and and i wonder this and, and i wanted your thoughts about it you talked about you expected a little more creativity when adidas took over the 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 jersey manufacturing i'm wondering if that lack of creativity was on the part of the league or or whether adidas didn't really go all in on the creativity any any thoughts
1: I mean, it's a very good question. I think that there is a certain level of conservatism in the league, but then you do have teams like, you know, the neon jerseys that Dallas did, I think, stand out to me as something that maybe wasn't great visually on TV, but I think in person looked really cool and it was Mm -hmm. something different. Uh, So I, I think that it's a very good question to ask and would any manufacturers' creativity be stifled a little bit by league approval.
0: Yeah, I I just sort of had that nagging feeling that the NHL is a little conservative when it comes to these things. But uh, we'll see what happens when, uh, in two years when a new company comes in and and takes over the contract. We have got a lot more to talk about on today's show. Uh, Rule changes, always controversial, always interesting to discuss, We're going to break down some of the rule changes that we would like to see, all that and more still to come on this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite, Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. And uh, they have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks. And of course, like all built Bars, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein. Run to built.com to snag a box for you and the family It will be the perfect treat, or you could find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. Like all Built Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. So good. And all Built Bars, they're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. So, Rachel, rules changes, always fun to talk about, always controversial because, you know, when you, you mention the rules changes, a lot of people's first reaction is, oh, no, you can't do that. And then you think about it a little and you're like, well, maybe you could do that. So uh, let's talk a little bit about some possible rules changes. What is the first thing that you want to see? I
1: think you know, from a practical perspective of things that will solve a, an actual problem and has a possibility of actually being enacted. I think the biggest. Problem other than what is goaltender interference out there, which I don't know you can make rule changes to fix that right now, is the offside rule. I think when there's no effect on the scoring play, it's really frustrating when teams, you know, put in a challenge and somebody's skate blade was an inch over the line when it had nothing to do with the play, right? I think that's one of the most frustrating things. So I think there's a couple of things you can do to mitigate that and say that you, um, there's a couple of ways I think about solving it. Number one, if a certain amount of time has passed since the puck entered the zone, you can no longer do a challenge. So is it 10 seconds? Is it 15 seconds? I'm not sure exactly where that line is. So right. you, you can, you can do it that way. You could also do it uh, in terms of number of passes. If they enter the zone, and make three complete passes before a shot happens, you can't have a challenge.
0: That's an interesting idea. Uh, I, I could totally see one possible problem with that is, like, does it have to be a clean pass, or if it gets deflected but the puck still get Like, you set it up for some possible judgment. I know. And That's that...
1: why I gave two options for how to yeah. solve it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and, and it is tricky, I, you know, and the time thing I think might be a little bit more clear cut where, you know, if it if you need 15 seconds to pass uh, and the team still didn't clear the zone and, and, and the goal results, maybe you could say, OK, that really had nothing to do with uh, the offside affecting anything and the goal should count. I, I think that would work more just because it would take away judgment calls although i can almost imagine trying to do tenths of seconds on that to try to see whether or not you did it but i like that idea uh overall to try to eliminate some of those technical calls that really don't affect the ultimate outcome if i had to pick one rule that i would like to get rid of it's one that i think never should have been Introduced, I would love to get rid of the trapezoid. Uh, you know, they introduced the trapezoid because Bartem Brodoor was so good at passing that they decided it shouldn't be allowed, that he should wander and pass the puck from anywhere but immediately behind the goal. To me, it's a risky play by the goaltender to handle the puck outside where the trapezoid is. But if he's willing to take that risk and he's good at it, To me, that's something that the goalie should be allowed to do. And I think it would, you know, it doesn't happen anymore very often because most goalies don't play the puck outside the trapezoid. But I like the fact that a good puck handling goalie could be more of a weapon and that's missing from the game right now.
1: I think so too. I I think it's a no brainer for, for me as well. I think that, you do have some goaltenders that can do it. And it's not forcing any goaltender to do it. It's just saying that you have the option. I'm interested to see, you know, in the last several years, obviously goalies haven't worked on that sort of thing very much because it's not something that's been available to them. Uh, And so would it take a while for more goalies to start doing it again just because more recent goaltenders just haven't? had the opportunity uh, that would be fun to see how that plays out. But uh, I do think that it's an important part of the game. And if you have uh, something like the option to pull the goalie, to put an extra skater out there, that's an attacker that can puck handle. Like if you can replace the goalie with somebody that can do that, why can't the goalie do that too? Like that to me is the logic behind it that says, like, it makes no sense to have the trapezoid. I mean, I get what they were trying to do there, but I just don't think it it's logical in the course of the yeah. game.
0: I, I agree. It was like, well, this guy's so good at it, we won't let him do it anymore. Well, that's like, you know, if he was such a good skater, why wouldn't you let him skate? I, I, it, mm-hmm. it didn't make sense to me uh, to try to inhibit goalies from playing the puck. Uh, I, I guess the other sort of, aspect of it is, uh, and, and this goes back maybe a little bit longer, but goalies wander out of the crease. They play the puck. Are they fair game to be hit? What happens when somebody hits the goalie, when he's outside of the crease, that sort of opens up uh, a little bit more of a can of worms. And maybe the league was also to an extent trying to avoid that. But I, I think the trapezoid should go. Agreed. Uh, your turn. What, What other rules, changes would you like to see?
1: I would like to see them get rid of free icing on penalty kills. I think that it's something that if you think about it logically, it doesn't make sense that a team who committed a penalty gets an advantage as they're trying to fight off having committed that penalty. No, they should be at a disadvantage. And I understand it makes line changes a lot more difficult, but that means that one person has to carry the puck up into the offensive zone and try and get through while other people change or two people do, you know, and, and change intermittently, which they do anyway. Right. Right. You know, you have forward line changes and D line and D pairing changes at different times. And I I think that uh, it just, makes sense that if a team is getting penalized, they should actually get penalized.
0: Yeah, I I think there is logic to that. And it would be, uh, how much do you think power play percentages would go up under those circumstances?
1: You know, I'm not sure that it would go up a tremendous amount. I think it would a little bit. But again, for me, this is a rule change about making the rules make sense. It's not necessarily in an effort to increase scoring.
0: Yeah, I I think there is a certain logical consistency to that proposal. Uh, Certainly would change the way penalty kills have been done for a very, very long time. Uh, And I guess it would increase the need to be a good, like to be able to rag the puck and and hold on to the puck to clear it out of the zone rather than to just fire it down the ice. It, It would really sort of change the strategy of penalty kills.
1: Yeah, might make it more fun at least for a little while until coaches figure out a way to ruin it, as they yeah, do with everything. And, and
0: they usually do, don't they? Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll have to keep an eye out for that. I, I like that idea, though. I I think it's good. All right, uh, we will discuss some more rules changes, maybe a few less conventional possible rules changes. That and more still to come on the Friday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast so rachel uh some more ideas as far as uh you know rules changes that you'd like to see a little less conventional maybe
1: so one thing that i've been toying around with in my head for a while now is having a penalty that's somewhere between just changing where the face off is like putting it in your team's defensive zone or 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 whatnot and a minor penalty and the penalty that comes to mind for me with this is puck over the glass. It is exceedingly frustrating that it's an actual minor penalty. It's a problem and you shouldn't do it. But to be forced to go on a penalty kill, especially when it's an accident, I think, you know, if you see a pattern of behavior with it, then, you know, there's there's something to be said for that. But I almost want there to be a, a kind of penalty in between nothing and a minor and that's where the player who commits that penalty has to sit for the two minutes but the team is not on the penalty kill the team can still ice their five players that player just has to be on their team's bench for the, for the two minutes
0: that's that's an interesting proposal i uh y- you know to to have that happen yeah i i could see that it might be a little tricky to enforce I mean, does the player go into the penalty box even though they're they're not shorthanded to make they sure do that they that. don't sneak back into the ice? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I could see that. Or what about the alternative of having a one-minute power play as a result of that, unless it happens twice or three times in mm-hmm. a game?
1: Yeah, I think you could, you know, if it happens a third time in a game, let's say, from one team, then it becomes a minor penalty and, and it's a penalty kill. So that way it, there's no habit of it
0: right. forming.
1: But I, I do think it just seems silly to me that you get a power play
0: for that. You know, the, the other thing that uh, you, you, you don't want to see it become a strategy or an intentional thing, and and that's what you want to avoid. And again, like you say, coaches will find a way, I think. To... And, and the other thing I don't want to see, I don't want to see referees have to make a judgment call as to whether or not it was intentional. I think it, oh, you, of course. it has to of be course. black and white as far mm-hmm. as either it is or it isn't an infraction. So that that's one possibility. A, a rule that I thought of that might be a little different, if a team scores a shorthanded goal, the power play should end that, that that's like, okay, you short circuited the power play. You earned the right to end that power play because you scored a shorty your thoughts on that. It's another
1: way to change how penalty kill works for teams. That's for sure. I think that it would add to more power kill circumstances, which is always fun to see And I think it's, it's an interesting idea. I I do think that, um, you know, for some minor penalties, if it's like boarding or something where somebody gets hurt, I think sometimes it would feel like you didn't get enough reward for that in some way as the team that was on the power play. But yeah, I'm not sure, uh, if I like it a hundred percent, but I understand it, and it does make sense to a certain degree.
0: I mean, I wouldn't necessarily allow it for major penalties. i I think you know, if it's a five minute major, maybe you shouldn't be allowed to have that, but for a minor penalty. And the other thing is, I think you would see teams going more for the shorthanded goal, which could also result in more power play goals and more shorthanded chances. So, it might open things up a little bit in that regard as well.
1: Yeah, I I think so. I think that would be really fun.
0: You have one more for us or
1: I have a couple more. I think Um, the first one is not on the ice and I did not come up with this one. I don't remember where I saw it. It was probably on Twitter, but I love, love, love this idea so much. So I want to bring it up. Go for it. Having the draft lottery live at the draft. So that teams don't know where they're picking uh, (laughs) until you show up. And I just think the chaos, it it makes everybody's draft board a lot more comprehensive. I think it makes GMs have to think on their feet a little bit more. I think it makes the draft itself a little bit more exciting. Um, I think that it it would just add an extra bit of chaos to the proceedings.
0: And I love the idea. It would really make discussing the draft a lot more complex. Also, the drawback to it um, that I could think of right off the bat as to why the league would hesitate, the draft lottery is another event. You could put that in air quotes if you like, but it's another event that the league gets to publicize. And if it's held at the draft, it would take place on the same day. Now, I don't know what kind of ratings the draft lottery actually gets, how important it is Mm -hmm. for the league. They usually do it right during the playoffs. So it's not like a completely separate event. So I think, I I think that would be very, very interesting overall.
1: Yeah. I I think it would be a lot of fun and most teams would end up where they end up anyway. So I think, you know, it's just for the top teams in the, in the lottery that it would be interesting, but uh, my other one is uh, more players singing the national anthem. Uh, we saw Malcolm Suvan sing the anthem for the Buffalo Sabers season closer. It was so much fun. Uh, he had a great time. He was really good too. Yep. And so uh, I would like to see more players uh, take a take a go at it.
0: I would too. I just don't want to make it mandatory. <laughs> you know, we'd end up with something really scary and horrible. Probably go oh, viral. Sure. Probably for go sure. viral. Would, would, <laughs> would sort of promote the league in a odd sort of way. But uh, you know, you, you, I, I like the idea and, and there is something very, uh, you know, it's communal about that. that, that sort of the player becomes part of the fan base and the community and, and, I I like that idea very much. And, you know, I don't even think you have to legislate it. I just think you have to allow it, you know. Uh, And I don't know how many players would take you up on it. Among other things, the national anthem is, uh, the American national anthem at least, is not an easy song to sing.
1: No, it's absolutely terrifying. As somebody who's a choir kid and uh, and (laughs) sang a bunch, uh, it is a very, very difficult song. I can't do it. It's why I like O Canada better. Cause yes. it's
0: in my range. <laughs> I think it's in most people's range. Whereas you, you, the, the national anthem for the United States, boy, you, you gotta have what, like two octaves, I think uh, at least a range to, to pull that off. But yeah. Hey, uh, enough for the technical singing difficulties. I like the idea. I'd love to see it. That is going to do it for this episode of the locked on NHL podcast. Uh, Rachel, thank you so much. And, uh, Everybody have a a great weekend and thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast. I'll be back on Monday uh, with three of our local experts breaking down the biggest stories from around the league. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.